The following is a paid podcast from Prudential. Welcome to Wealth Wits, a podcast about money made exactly for you. I'm Faith Saley. So, you're a vigilant stockpiler, and you're in your 20s. I've learned a lot lately about what it's like to be a vigilant stockpiler in your 20s, and I'm here to share that information with you. Let's start with the stockpiler part. I went out and asked some vigilant stockpilers about their finances. Here's what they had to say about money. I feel more prepared when I have more money. I think if I had more money, I'd be less stressed. I have no debt. I've never had any debt. So I've always been very responsible of making sure that that was taken care of. I am feeling worried about money, but also I feel like the worrying is almost like a muscle. Okay, so what did I learn about your financial behavior type? You love watching your bank balance grow. You find comfort in knowing that your expenses are covered. It feels safe to know exactly how much you have. I met one vigilant stockpiler who had developed an incredibly thorough system for managing her money. I am in awe of her. Here's Denise. My name is Denise. My budgeting system is a very intricate, almost psycho system of envelopes filled with cash. Each envelope is marked for something that I either want or need to save money for. And I will dole out to these really dog-eared envelopes. This is my way of, I guess, calming myself down and realizing, you know, I have enough. It took a while to um, allow myself to let go. I have learned. It has taken some time. But yeah, let go of some of the cash, buy some things, and, and it will come back. I had never heard of anyone managing money the way that Denise does, but it makes sense for her, especially because it helps her manage her anxiety around her finances. Well, you may not exhibit the same behavior as Denise, you are both vigilant stockpilers. I was curious what a financial expert would say about her money management system, or a psychologist. So I turned to a financial psychologist, Dr. Brad Klontz. Let's talk about Denise. She seems pretty sanguine about the way her system works for her. So what advice would you have for her? I actually love the envelope approach for several reasons. Like, number one, it's, it's a great budgeting approach. Number two, it's so tactile. You're actually touching money. You're putting it in envelopes. That actually generates feelings of euphoria. So when Denise talks about that, I'm reminded of all the research that's been done where when you're touching cash you feel happier, Mm. you feel stronger, and you actually feel more resistant to pain. And the great thing about that approach too is it's, you can actually see that pile diminish as you're spending. You pretty much approve of of Denise's approach to money. It seems to be working for her. Do you have any advice, anything you'd suggest for her? You know, I think Denise might have some risks because, you know, her her passion for the system is, is, um, it's it's a powerful passion. It's a system that's been working. Um, You know, I wonder what, what would happen um, if she was to hate to bring up this subject, but if she got into a relationship mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, relationships, that's where we actually have the, the biggest struggle around money. It's also one of the most um, powerful opportunities for you to actually examine your relationship with money. 
Uh, because unless she found someone who did it exactly the way she did, there's probably going to be some tension into how do we do money together as a, as a household. What are the benefits or opportunities of falling into this behavior type? Well, the benefits to being um, very vigilant is that anxiety around money leads you to be quite prudent. There's a lot of benefit to having some anxiety about the future. Um, you know, it, it's the squirrel who knows that winter's coming and there's not going to be a lot of nuts that um, collects them and saves them. And so if you don't have some sort of anxiety around not having enough in the future, you're very unlikely to save. So it does inspire saving. Yeah, and we keep hearing about the importance of having, you know, an emergency fund. So a vigilant stockpiler, you know, he or she is ready for that emergency. Right, and so they're anticipating it. They realize it might happen. How can a vigilant stockpiler create a healthy financial process? Well, I think part of it is that recognizing that this intense anxiety have, you have about money, it makes total absolute sense. Uh, because there is something that's happened in your past or your parents' past or grandparents' past that has hardwired this in your brain. You know, it, it brings to mind um, that classic Dickens character, Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, and not to say that they're bitter and angry <laughs> individuals, but there's so much anxiety about not having enough. Um, and actually the first book I wrote was The Financial Wisdom of Ebenezer Scrooge. And there's enough information in the story that we realized that he grew up very poor, he had intense anxiety about not having enough money, and he became in essence a money hoarder. But let's remember at the end of A Christmas Carol, it's a happy ending, right? Even Ebenezer Scrooge can have a change of heart. That's absolutely correct. You're, it's never too late to change. Thank you so much for talking with us. It was, it was really a pleasure. You're very welcome. Thank you for um, giving me the opportunity. My conversation with Dr. Klontz got me really interested in the idea of financial psychology. What does financial wellness mean for a vigilant stockpiler? To answer this question, I turned to another financial therapist, Amanda Clayman. Here's what she told me. This is a, a financial behavior that is all about trying to feel safe by holding on. Among your clients who fall into the vigilant stockpiler type, what kinds of financial behaviors do you see them engaging in? There's often a, a preoccupation with the future. If I just do all of these things now um, to save, I can defer and defer and defer. And I always think of this, by the way, when I look at how many miles that I've collected on my airlines, like. You know, I might have 500,000 miles on on one airline and I'm, I'm it's always someday in the future I'm going to buy business, you know, I'm going to use it for business class tickets for my entire family to go on safari. But but when am I ever going to do that? Yeah, money needs a direction. So if we're we're saving, we have to think about what we are saving for. Okay, so let's recap what we've heard. First, don't forget to indulge. You're great about saving money for the long term. Now you also need to make sure you're using your money for the present. Maybe make a point of doing something nice for yourself once a week. That's what your money's for. Or if it feels more comfortable to you, create a slush fund for yourself. A savings account only for fun. Use it for that vacation you've been meaning to take or that new TV you've been wanting. And remember, money needs a direction. Keep in mind what it is exactly you're saving for. Setting goals will help make your saving purposeful.
So we've learned some strategies for managing money as a vigilant stockpiler. But to get the full picture of your financial situation, we also have to think about the stage of life you're currently in. So what's unique about being in your 20s? What's hard about money right now? And what are the opportunities in front of you? Out in the world, I also asked 20-somethings about their finances. I heard a lot of worry. My personal financial situation could be a little bit better. The worry focuses mostly on being able to pay my rent. I'm not a financial contribution to my family the way I'd like to be. I only got my associate's degree, and I'm still paying off my student loan from, like, six years ago. And, like, I'm always, like, waiting, like, when's the next time I'm getting paid? When's the next time I'm getting paid? This is the decade for starting out, and, man, it is not easy. You might have a steady job, or you might be living paycheck to paycheck. Good personal finance is a learning curve, and that learning curve can be steep. But everything's going to be okay. You've got time. And right now, you get to focus on investing in yourself. One woman I talked to was definitely feeling the crunch of managing money in her 20s. Here's Lee Moore. My name is Lee Moore. I'm 29. Like many of us, I sort of live check to check. It's hard when, you know, sometimes you have periods where week after week there's like $10 in your bank account and you're like, I'm not really going to have any new money until Thursday. But you sort of learn to ride the wave and then the money comes in. It's just like a breath of fresh air. Student loans are such a complicated topic. I had big dreams. I have big dreams. And I just went full steam ahead. And I'm so grateful because I, you, I will never say that I regretted that decision. But when you get out, you're like, what? Like, how is this possible? So now, back to the experts. I reached out to Laura Adams, the host of the Money Girl podcast. She had some words of wisdom for Lee Moore and for 20-somethings in general. Not everything she says might be exactly true of your experience. You, you might not have credit card debt or student loans, for example. But overall, Laura is worth listening to. She has some great financial wisdom to share. Here she is. So, Laura, let's talk about Lee Moore. What advice would you have for Lee Moore? Her priority should be earning. She's got expenses and, and the student loan that are going to, you know, they're not going to go away. Um, I'm, I'm going to hope that she's cutting expenses every way possible. Probably she could trim a little bit more. Um, but for her, I would encourage her to really look into how she can increase her income. Maybe it means finding a different career. Maybe it means getting certified um, to do a different type of work. Maybe it means taking on a second job that's, you know, part-time work so that she has a little bit of free board and she can begin saving building that retirement fund, that will give her so much confidence. And the reality is young people have such an advantage over somebody who is in their 40s, 50s, 60s, because time is on your side. And what that means is you can actually invest less because you have more time for it to grow and compound. So it's almost like getting your retirement at a discount. I mean, literally putting away a few hundred dollars a month consistently from your mid-20s into your mid-60s 
can easily make you a millionaire when you retire. But, you know, I think she voices what so many people in their 20s voice, which is, I have big dreams. I have big dreams. And she she wants to pursue them. And so, you know, when you give her very sage advice, like maybe find another career or maybe take a second job, that sort of seems like stomping on somebody's dreams. Yeah, and, and it is a bit of a reality check. So she's got to decide if the work that she's doing is worth the stress that she's feeling. And it may be. What are the financial challenges and concerns that you see facing 20-somethings? Well, I do think that credit cards are so easy to get, and they're so convenient. I mean, you know, we buy everything online. When used properly, credit cards are one of the best financial tools that are out there. They help you build credit, but they're also so easy to abuse. So understanding that if you use a credit card, you've got to pay it off in full every month. If you can't pay it off in full, don't charge. What else about uh, being being in your 20s is, is a particular financial concern? Student loans are a big issue for young people right now. They're graduating with, you know, high, high levels of debt. I think it's like $25,000, $26,000 on average. It is really difficult to get out of school and think, oh, my gosh, now I've got all this, all this debt. But In a lot of cases, and I'd say the majority of cases, getting that degree does help your lifetime earning. So what about the fact that for lots of people, maybe for most people, your 20s are a decade of just big questions without answers. You know, whom am I supposed to be with? Uh, What am I supposed to be doing? Where should I be living? How do those big questions affect somebody's financial situation. It is. It's a really formative time in your life. There's no doubt about it. You're making decisions that will affect you for the rest of your life. And I'll say one of the biggest decisions that you may not think about as a financial decision per se, but the person that you end up with is the biggest financial influence in your life, either positive or negative. So did you hear that, 20-somethings? The person you end up with is a huge financial decision. Laura Adams says, don't take it lightly. Take a look at whom you're surrounding yourself with and and make sure they're good, smart people. Also, use this time to prioritize your earning potential. Maybe that means going back to school or taking on a side job. This is the time to start building your savings. And if you take out a credit card, do so wisely. Go ahead and build your credit, but make sure to pay off that bill each month. Last of all, we want everyone to know that if you've made mistakes or been out of balance with your financial choices, there's no shame in it. Every financial expert stresses that it's never too late. Ah, You can make meaningful changes starting today. So whatever you do or however you feel about money, no matter what age you are or behavior type you fall into, it's okay. You just need to be aware of the kind of person you are when it comes to your finances so you can grow. And more importantly, be happy. That's all for this episode of Wealth Wits. Special thanks to our guests, Dr. Brad Klontz, Amanda Clayman, and Laura Adams. And special thanks to Denise and Lee Moore for sharing their stories. If you want to learn about money matters at other stages of life, or if you're curious about other financial behavior types, check out slate.com slash explore wealth wits. You can also subscribe to the entire series wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, 
why not let people know by leaving us a good review? I'm Faith Saley. Thanks so much for joining us.